Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, yes, yes. It is the Castworthy Podcast. Back at you this fine evening. I am Big Steve, aka Last of a Dying Breed, on the Twitter machine. Joined here this evening with EJ the Savage and the VP of Research. My guys, how goes it? What up? Wednesday, final frontier. It's the final countdown. It's hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, a little technical difficulty. We're here. It's Wednesday, uh, November 13th, and uh, we are a few days past uh, Veterans Day. Uh, I am. Uh, here representing with my fatigues, uh, the VP of research, who is a uh, vet of the Marines, uh, gave his uh, service for our freedom. So we certainly appreciate every moment that you gave, sir, without uh, super expectations. It was uh, definitely an honor to serve and uh provide the very blanket of freedom that you were able to sleep under, Steve. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) See? It's comments like that. Comments like that, and then you wonder when I say shit, why I say shit. Um... Well, fuck you, first of all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Not only is he a vet, but you're gonna dog him out. He's he's a uh, Dolphins fan. Well, yeah, he's a bum Dolphins fan. Um, I bet he didn't even know that the Marines started in 1776, like I did. In a bar. Mm-hmm. Ton Tavern. Philadelphia, PA. What is it you guys scream? Hoorah. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. It's all the same. (laughs) It's it's exactly not. No, there's. Semper Fi is short for Semper Fidelis, which is Latin for always faithful. Oh, so Mm. why don't they put, why don't they put like the straight line above the I so that it has like the I sound instead of. Allowing you just to assume. 
Good God. Because we, we know what it means, so we don't have to assume. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> um. All right, whatever. <laughs> Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Just search for Casworthy Podcast uh, to interact with us. Uh, follow us, share, um, subscribe. If you subscribe, then uh, we'll tell you when we got something new. You know, <laughs> uh, if you don't subscribe, then you got to come looking for us. Um, but yeah, so welcome to our new uh, listeners and welcome back to our uh, faithfuls. So <clears throat> I uh, I just wanted to uh, kind of give you guys an update. Operation Gym Shower is uh, <laughs> it's a go. <laughs> week two um starting to get into the groove of things um you know however today was interesting here picture this or don't picture it you might not want to picture it anyhow here i am in the shower with my uh slippers on <laughs> nike slippers uh lathered up got a nice lather going <laughs> Um and uh boom the water fucking cuts off <laughs> in the gym. So like I, I turn you know I turn the head the, the shower head to the side um when I lather so that I could get a nice lather going, you know what I mean? Um I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm a loofah guy. Um so I'm it's turned to the side and the water cuts off. I'm like, I know I didn't turn the bitch off. What the fuck happened here? Uh, luckily, it came right back on. Um, I think somebody flushed the toilet, and there was just like a, a like a, a interruption there. But uh, yeah, yeah. So things are going well there. Um, starting to get used to it. No more fears. Uh, you don't. You don't fear old white men with their junk hanging out anymore. Well, I like I told you last time in the morning, there are barely anybody there um, Lucky doing that. Um, at Planet Fitness, I, there's not an issue. It's usually um, the ones that have the spa, like the LA Fitnesses, that you see those fucking nasty old bastards uh, <laughs> walking around. No shame. <laughs> towel around their neck. Oh, they gotta let you know the blue pill is working, dog. <laughs> None of my concern, sir. Um, but you know, I hope whoever went in after me wear shower shoes because I pee in public showers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just it's just wow. my fucking. I don't know. It's just. Just the thing, man. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Any hotel I've ever stayed in, they call you Mister Sprinkles. Oh, <laughs> shit, in public showers, man. Oh my! I don't do it at home, but in public showers, you know, this was this. Yo, you got a problem, yo? <laughs> you got a problem, yo? Uh, Golly! Oh, I, don't, I don't appreciate you judging me. <laughs> Oh. Jeez, I try to I try you're to the, let it all. You're the urinator. <laughs> I, I try to let it all out, and uh, here you are. You're supposed to be on my side. 
No, not at all. We're going to call you the urinator. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask you guys a question. What is better? Uh, wake up sex, like in the morning? Or middle of the night sex? Well, I guess in the middle of the night, you're still waking up. Um, <laughs> But you know what I mean, right? Like morning sex or middle of the night sex? What would you say? Hmm. I have to say middle of the night. Middle of the night. Yeah, I would agree. That's usually when I expect it. Because <laughs> if I went to sleep without it, I would be upset. <laughs> so, you know, you're giving it to me now in the morning. It's like, I mean, that's cool, you know. I mean, and that usually happens after you had some night sex. But, I mean, yeah, I think the middle of the night sex is usually best for me because that's when I'm hunting for it, you know what I mean? And morning sex, you can't really you be worried about morning breath and all of that. You know, I had to get the cheeks at night. But, you know, either way, I'd rather be waking up to some morning breakfast. Some goddamn eggs. Uh, well, in case you didn't know, EJ, this is a um, uh, we live in a society where women are equal. So you could get up and make the breakfast just the same, sir. That's true. Did you not know that they can vote now, too? <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, man. I didn't say I couldn't. I'm just saying. Next thing I know, you're going to be saying that v- VP doesn't deserve a fucking parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. I'm just saying. <clears throat> okay. Oh, man. Toxic. Well, um... Yeah, so uh, I think um, I think middle of the night sex is much better than the morning sex myself. Um, you know, it's just a thing. I was Where just wondering. Did come from? Huh? Where did that even come from? Eh, you know, <laughs> just thinking. <laughs> you never just drive into work and you'd be like, you know what? We're recording tonight. I wonder, you know. No. Eh, no. Okay. no. It's just me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll get into some stuff today. I want to get into the Trump shit a little bit. Um, later on, VP can kind of break down. Um, I think the first day of uh, impeachment, uh, whatever is going on. I want to misquote. I want to misspeak. So I'll leave that to uh, our political guru over there. Um. And uh, but before we or not before we start, but as we start, um. I think I think I was telling you guys something about a uh a meme I saw on the uh interwebs that said uh what the hell did that thing say? And it said quote fellas it's okay to have friends you don't fuck. Hmm my response is, of course, <laughs> they're men, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Um, kidding, just joking, uh, joking around, playing. How you guys feel about that? Um, do you feel like I know? I think we've kind of touched on it briefly before. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what do you guys feel about that? Do you think? Um, 
that it's possible to have female friends that I know, you know, before we talked about the intent, but, um, you know, that you don't, you wouldn't have like the thought to, uh, to do the shame, shame thing with. Let me dive in on this. Um, yeah, it, it's certainly cool to have those friends, right? But I'll be honest, man. I haven't had too many female friends that I ever didn't huh? at least once think about it. Okay. I mean, at least once. You know, so um, is is the possibility there? Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I could think of most of my female friends that I've had most recently, except for maybe one as of most late, you know, because we really, really are tight. But yeah, I mean, it's crossed my mind. Shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> I ain't lying. You know, I think it gets bad when people, uh, you know, when you have those situations with people that, that introduce people as friends, knowing they have probably already smashed or you know, are secretly smashing kind of like I seen a meme where uh, this dude, this girl brought up her, her uh, homeboy. And then later in the meme, you see the cartoons go where it's like, Oh, you didn't tell me it was your ex. I'm not cool with that. You know? And you know, shit like that. Like you definitely, that whole being friends with your ex shit. I ain't, uh, nah, that's kind of where it draws the line for me for sure. No, I mean, I think, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think you could definitely uh, have that situation where you have a friend that nothing's going on. Um, again, I think it depends on the people involved, um, status of both, whether they're in, you know, relationships, whether it's married, boyfriend, girlfriend type situation or single, um, I think it also depends on the intent of the parties involved, right? Because for some dudes, they really do just want to be friends. But you have other dudes who are using the friendship as a clandestine operation to basically uh, gather information to uh, uh, um, go ahead and, and, and commence with operation getting them draws later on. You know what I'm saying? So I think it really just depends. Okay. So um, for me, <laughs> I said uh, my response on the uh, meme was hashtag false. Um, and <laughs> I was just fucking around. But um the person who posted it replied with, um, can't be attracted to every single female, right? And so I started to think about, you know, my female friends, right? And I mean, like, I don't have, maybe it's because I'm shallow, but I don't have any ugly female friends. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know, I don't know, maybe I just stray away from the monster faces. Uh but <laughs> so horrible. Uh just kidding. Um, but yeah, um I I get it. I kinda get what she was getting at. Um, you don't have to be mentally attracted to them, but I mean, 
men are a fucking uh you know we're visual suspects like we we like what we see we are attracted to things that we see it doesn't mean that we're going to react to it but um yeah i mean does that mean you actually want to have sex with them probably not um given the opportunity in a perfect light or a perfect world where the two of you are both single or you're you know uh, significant others pass away or whatever the case may be in the future. Ah, you, <laughs> or, or you happen to have them <laughs> knocked off. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you know, given the situation, I think everybody has an ulterior motive. Everyone has a plan, but that's I'm just me. This. You know, um, going back probably nine years now, um, when I first came out here, you know, all of the female friends that I developed came from the workplace. And while I was married, um, you know, many of them were supportive of that. We were cool. We were tight. But as years went by and they could see, you know, <laughs> what I was going through and the different things. It's not just the men, you know, it's, it's, you know, you, you're around somebody a lot of time, you know, a lot more time than you are with your significant other. If things are going bad at home, whatever, you know, you might be, and, and like we've talked about this in past pods, you know, you, if you're confiding to these people, you're now opening up a window that starts to change things in a different light. And so I did notice with a couple of my friends, um, they were kind of like getting invested a little bit and, you know, one time or another, uh, before I would say we really got close, you know, there was an opportunity. Um, I didn't take it in that particular instance. And then I became, you know, a longer friend. We, we, we developed a longer friendship after that, but I mean, had I done it, who knows? Um, but then, you know, I had other friends that, at that time, never really made any moves or anything, but go out for drinks and, and drinks are flowing and, you know, things got a little weird. Um, and I didn't initiate it. Um, in certain instances, it never really went too, too far. In other instances, it might have. Um, so, you know, I, again, it's it's just, I think what VP says is, is very crucial if depending on what position you're in and, and what type of relationship you're in, you know, um, you kind of got to be careful. Uh, it's, I, I think if you're single and the other person's single, you know, that friendship barrier is, is only really as strong as you're going to carry it. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all might just feel like, Hey, we've been friends long enough. Why not get this thing going? You know, I think some of the best relationships are, are probably built on strong friendships. So, I mean, why not? If you're both single, you know, and you know each other, uh, why not? I guess the better question for me is, in that instance, why is it that when men are in the friend zone, women choose not to mess with guys that they know are good guys, but they're their friends and they're single? Like, what is that whole notion of I don't want to mess up the friendship, so keep them in the friend zone? I never understood that. You know what I mean? Like a, a chick, 
I, I know girls that are literally single. They've been single for years. They've had a chance to be with their one of their best friends. And they decided, nah, I know you're a faithful guy. I know all of the stuff you ever been through. I know your favorite color. I know your shoe size. I know everything about you. Um, you're not ugly to me. Uh, but you know, I'm just not attracted to you like that. But we're best friends, and now nah, I'm gonna keep you in the friend zone. But now I'm lonely because I done mess with every other asshole, and now I'm bitter and lonely. I, I don't understand that. Like, I think as a practical creature in my head, yo, we cool, you look good, I look good, I know what you like, you know what I like, let's do this. I don't, I don't understand women in that, I don't get it. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't either, man. Like, that, I've never understood that. Like, when you see it in real life, when you see it in movies or whatever, like you said, like, you've known this motherfucker for years. Y'all know each other's secrets. You know, y'all spend mad time together. Y'all obviously have a deep connection, you know, even if it's not on a on a, a, a sexual level or anything like that. But yeah, but there's obviously a connection there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be kicking it with this motherfucker like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you know, like with nobody, you wouldn't smash. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, no, you know, okay, hanging out with you because a potential <laughs> I won't smash you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, like you said, man, you know, you know their favorite That's color. Right. You probably I'm know. Tell you, you probably go to the restaurant and order for them and shit. You know, yeah. y'all that y'all that close, but yeah. then. When you try to take it to that next level, it's like, nah, I would just, I, I just don't see you like that, you know. <laughs> I don't want to like a brother to me. me. That shit is kind of weird. What do you mean you don't want to ruin the friendship? Like I don't understand that shit. <laughs> right? Nobody want to be your fucking brother. No, <laughs> that's that's not what I signed up for. And then when I first saw you, you, the last thing I was thinking was, oh, I can't wait to be fucking seen as a brother by her. Yeah, and then they and then they call you about the most intimate shit, and then they'll mm-hmm. be the first ones to be talking to you about the sexual acts and oh, I just bought a new toy and like yo, like I'm I'm telling you, it's happened to me. It's happened to me. It's happened. You're a hoe. Who me? <laughs> Who, me? Why yes. I, a hoe? I I shan't engage with such conversation. I didn't bring it on. I'm just saying it, it's been brought to me. Been brought to me. I'll tell you. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's possible to, to have to just be friends and not have a, I mean, from a woman's standpoint, I think it is because women are very much more, um, emotional than us they're much more emotional creatures than us um and they can control that uh their passion you know with us as men and you know don't get me wrong i'm sure there's whores out there that don't have any control over that thing just like dudes and you know have the same type of um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh intentions when they have friends right um, but it's less likely from women. I think women can control it a little bit better than men can. We, you know, we're kind of weak and, um, you know, because we are visual people, um, that tends to have an effect on us and sometimes can impact, uh, decision-making. But, um, 
yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Um, yeah. EJ, you were talking about uh, something uh, that really interested me um, in regards to parenting. Um, can you elaborate? I, I don't want to screw up uh, the intro to that topic. No, nah, man. I just um, <laughs> and and to continue the 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 jousting that we had in the uh, in the chat the other day when it came to children um, at a certain age choosing mm-hmm. to do different things on their own. Um, whether that being how they want to dress, how they want to identify, how they want to wear their hair, what they want to do. Um, and I, I, I totally understand that today's parents are very much so and strongly all about expression and freedom. But where does parenting kind of begin and end today? And why are so many parents today choosing a parent so differently than their parents did? And how much impact does society have on parents and kids today? And I ask that because it's like we all come from a cloth of elk of of rearing where our parents, they told us what the fuck we were going to do. They told us who we are. Um, You know, we were able to develop our own identity. You know, Steve, you became a Cowboys fan because of your dad. Um, Largely at some point I was too being around y'all. Um, you know, and then developed my own fandom mainly because you're a dick and you always talk shit about the Jets. But um, you know, it's like your dad introduced you to being Eagle Scout, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, all of that, right? You know, learn how to bowl, learn how to play spades from our parents. You know, uh, they taught us like, look, you know, you're a little boy. This is what boys are gonna do. This is what I want you to do. When you're in my house, you're under my rules. And when you get to a certain age where we know that, look, this is going to be how this kid is, then, okay, they might accept you. They might not, um, parents of old. But at what point, you know, do we look at our little kids and say, up until a certain age, this is what I want you to be and do as your parent. You know, I'm going to give you the tools to do other things when you get older and have your own identity, have your own life. But why does it seem today that as a society, we're allowing we're allowing the society as a parents, as people, we're allowing the society to allow our kids to dictate what being reared is for them. Rather, us as parents saying, this is what it is. This is what I did. Sure, I didn't like everything that happened to me, but your ass is going to get raised very similar to the way I did. I just don't understand that. I don't understand where we've gone as a as as a society and par- as parents. I just don't understand it. So before you get in there, VP, this stems from um, Alicia Keys put up a video recently. For those who may not know, um, her son is four years old, and they went into a nail salon, and uh, she's getting her nails done. Her son asked if he can get rainbow or said he wanted to get rainbow nail polish. She obliged. And before it could be done, he said, you know, mommy, I, you know what? Forget it. I don't want to get it because people are not going to like me for it. So Alicia Keys got kind of been out of shape said that, you know, um, 
as a society, we, we've got to do better and kids shouldn't be thinking like this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which I agree with those points. Um, but I do have a pretty strong viewpoint on it. So, uh, and I know you do as well, VP. So I'm going to let you get in here if, uh, if you'd like to uh, kind of respond to EJ for a moment. Well, I, I definitely understand what it is that EJ is saying, right? At this, at the same time, you know, when we talk about you know, the impacts of society, no, the norms in a society are ever changing, right? They're, they're, they're changing all the time. And as I said in the chat, you know, there are things that were considered unacceptable, you know, 40 years ago that are just seen as, you know, common today. Like, that's just how it is, because it is that way, you know, and um, it's one of the dynamics that you see that I think a lot of young women struggle with, for example, as an example, or even young African-American people, as another example, where we take our rights for uh, for granted, you know, because we didn't go through that struggle of, you know, trying to get voting rights or being able to eat at certain diners, et cetera. You know, young women didn't have to go through the women rights era, you know, fighting to be able to, you know, have equal pay, which they still don't have or um, abortion rights, et cetera, et cetera. And so in, in 2019, it's easier to take those things for granted. But back then it was really a struggle. And I said that to basically say that things that weren't considered acceptable back then, like I mentioned in the chat, women working outside the home right? It's, it's commonplace now. And when we were kids growing up, you know, in the eighties and the nineties, et cetera, you know, there were, there were these, you know, clear lines and, and, and do's and don'ts, you know, and times have changed, right? Do I think it's okay to allow your four-year-old to identify as a female? Personally, I don't think that that's a good choice. I think the kid is too young to make that choice. And maybe once they have a little bit more knowledge under their belt, they've lived a little bit of life. Then, you know, if they decide in the later years that, um, you know, I, I identify as female or female saying she identifies as male or whatever the other kind of uh, uh, gender identities are, you know, then, then, then so be it. However, the thing that sparked this debate, which is the Alicia Keys uh, uh, situation that Steve mentioned, I think that it was taken too far because she's basically saying her kid said he wanted to get his nails painted. Me personally, I think that this is a kid who, you know, is around his mom. He sees his mom doing this thing. And so he wants to get it done. Right. And it's easy to say that painting your nails is something for girls, for women, right? But where do we draw the line? We allow boys to get their hair braided. Some boys get their hair braided and wear fucking beads on them, right? Um, you know, so do we say, well, you can't do that because that's for girls. Boys get earrings. You know, when I was a kid, it was mostly if you got an earring, you got it only in your left ear. If it was in your right ear, people thought you a suspect. Then dudes started wearing earrings in both ears. You know, you see what I'm saying? So when it comes to, to things like this, it, it almost seems like the rules are being made up as we go. Right. And so you have to just ask, you know, like like 
like EJ said, where do you draw the line? But I think in this particular situation, I think that the line is 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 being drawn somewhat in in a bad spot. So you're wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, luckily, uh, these are our opinions, but. So, all right, I think what, what uh, and I, I have a clear understanding of where, where EJ's at, and I have a clear understanding where you are, and I support Alicia Keys in the fact that kids should not have to have that feeling, period, right? However, I also feel like you, you know, from what, e, like EJ is saying, if you're parenting the right way, you're not putting your kid in that situation, right, uh, at, at such an age. So, you know, your wife or significant other, whomever, goes to a nail salon weekly or biweekly or whatever the case may be, you as a man, if you're in, in the picture and in the household, you should be finding something to do with your son. You should be interacting with your son. If that means taking him to the park, throwing the ball to him, you know, whatever the case may be, you need to be spending that time with your son. Um, is there anything wrong with a kid wanting to get their nails painted at that age? Absolutely not. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, it's completely innocent on the kid's part. That, to me, though, is a parenting failure because I do feel like that's a conversation, you know, that you do need to have. And where you say, you know, telling them that painting their painting their nails is for girls or whatever the case may be, sorry, that's what that's what it is. You know, I know our society is um, has moved forward and we're so we tiptoe around every fucking thing in this world. But just because from a society standpoint, people don't agree with it doesn't mean that that's how individuals have to raise their kids. Right. Um, You can, you know, when it comes to like bullying or violence or judgment and stuff like that. 100%. I agree with, you know, being on the same side of society and, you know, teaching the morals too, but that's a moral thing, right? Um, But as far as just because they say, oh, well, you know, kids can be metro, kids, you know, let kids make their decision at whatever age or, you know, if you don't agree or if someone doesn't believe that you're born gay, then, you know, it's your right to tell your kid or your son, hey, what you're doing is the behavior of girls, right? And then, you know, at, at a certain age, four, five, six years old, that's when usually when boys, you know, they're hanging out with their friends and they get start that stage of, ooh, girls are icky. You know, I don't want to be like a girl, you know, that we're, you know, whatever the case may be. So wearing pink, you know, getting a pink bicycle, playing with Barbie dolls, you know, fucking getting your nails painted, um, Whatever the case may be, at such a young age, I think it's a parent's responsibility. As they get older, again, there's nothing wrong with it if if that's something they want to do. If they make that determination at an older age, hey, and it is, it does come out that they're they're you know homosexual or you know whatever the case or you know uh, willing to experiment uh, to to determine you know, what their sex, what their sexual sexuality is, because maybe they're confused or unsure or whatever the case may be. Um, there's nothing wrong with that part of it. Right. But I think at four years old, three years old and four years old, like EJ 
brought up um, uh, Charlize Theron or whatever her name is, who's raising a black boy who's what five years old or six might, years old, maybe seven now, I think. And she's raising him as a girl, and she allowed him to supposedly at three years old he told her that he's a girl and that's parenting that's where parenting comes in that's where you sit your son down and you say no you're not a girl <laughs> you're a boy upp <laughs> standing up you see this this is a boy's part you know whatever the case may be however you have that conversation with your kid at that age or however you try to help them understand it it's just like teaching them to speak, right? If your kid just came out and, you know, they decided they don't want to talk or whatever the case may be, you're still going to make the attempt to get them to learn how to speak and communicate and however to get their, you know, get the point across. You got to do the same thing as 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 a kid. And then once they get older, allow them to make that decision or, you know, um, whatever it is. So couple things for me um and it's twofold and i and i agree with everything that both of you guys kind of said um so for me i have daughters and up until a certain age i didn't even allow them to get their nails painted or done just because i think for little girls and this is just my opinion and my view that it it it, it kind of in some ways can be inappropriate for me um you know the color and and everything just um and maybe the line of work that i was in and things that i heard and saw from um different people out there i didn't want them to have it until after a certain time you want to grow up too fast i don't want them growing up too fast because i saw nail polish as being something not as little girls but something as older um, but that was my thing. So it's not necessarily a gender thing in, in this instance. But like Steve was saying, as a parent, and what my question is, again, when do we just get to say as a parent, no, like, I don't give a fuck what society is saying. I don't give a fuck what you think you're a kid. Like, it's just like I seen a kid, um, a teenage kid that I know, you know, he curses around his mom's like mad freely and while he's like 14 ish and she plays it off like she's cool with it it makes me hella uncomfortable and it's like at what point do you just say yo as your parent you ain't got to like it but i'm gonna tell you no and you know my daughters you know they saw their friends having their nails painted and things like that all the time and you know they didn't like it for a very long time but like, you know, VP, you kind of said in the chat as their dad, I kind of let them know like, yo, right now, I think you're too young, you know, but later on in life, you know, and years after I let them do it because they can do it now. And even now I'd be like, yo, like, why you doing look crazy or like, why are you just in class doing craziness with it? You know what I mean? Like, like do it right. You know, so it's like, at what point in society do we say I don't have to go with societal norms and just be like, oh, well, because everybody else thinks it's okay to do whatever, whatever that may be, not saying anything uh, specific, but whatever it may be, that I think, you know, well, kids should be able to do it today. No. Why do we believe as a society today that we have to burn down all of our past societal norms? Of course, a lot of them shits needed to go. 
uh, you brought up the women working. That was dead long by the time we had our parents coming up because my mom's was always a manager. She was always the boss, you know, being a single mom's, um, you know, and, and obviously racial and, 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 and bigotry and, and other societal norms need to go. But some things, why is it that we have to erase so much of the past? Why do we have to feel like we have to burn every institution of, of, our old way of thinking down. I, I, I just don't understand that. Um, it, it, it's like we, we conform to everything now just because it's popular. And it's like, at what point do we just start rearing and raising our kids? Um, it, it, it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And then we wonder why so much of this young generation is all over the place. They have social media and, and today's world where they can be as free as they want to be. They can be as free as they want to be in every avenue. They can reach somebody that they're not even seeing. We're just basically removing and removing more and more control over our children. And I just don't, and, and it's not necessarily just like the nail polish thing. I wasn't bringing that up as an example. That's what kind of sparked my questioning. But it's like everything. Like at what point do you just say, no, I'm your fucking parent. And until you are able to think for yourself and really do some real shit, I'm going to tell you what I think. And I mean, at a certain age in life, you know, kids understand what they want to be and who they want to be and that they form that identity. Cool. Um, you know, even with the idea of a kid saying they're gay and, and or they're whatever. We talked about this before. Personally, I'm not going to care at 15 if that's what you think you are. Cool. I don't want you having sex anyway. So I don't even care. I don't give a shit about what you think. When you turn 18, you can think that way. But I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? But society will tell you, well, you should let them think they, they want to be gay and they want to have sex with the same sex. Or, and they want to no, it's not about being gay. I don't want you thinking about sex, period. You know what I mean? Like we talked last cast. I don't want you thinking about this shit and it shouldn't be so taboo for society for people to say, you know what? I don't want you to be actively sexual. I don't want you to be an active teen having sex because that's what was preached to me. Now, was it what I live by? No, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want you to do that. And that's my form of parenting. Like when, at, at, at what point do we as parents grab our nuts and say, you know what? Fuck you. You're the kid. Shut up. Do what I say or else like that used to be the standard. And you know what? I think black people and I'm going to speak for black people. We have gone down this rabbit hole that this shit don't apply to us because culturally we didn't believe in this bullshit from generation to generation to generation. If you didn't do what the fuck uh, big mama said, what mama said, what daddy said, you got your ass whooped. And black people, we need to go back to doing that because culturally we listen to our elders our elders knew what was best for us. And sure, some of us veer off the beaten path when we're old enough. And you know what? If at that point, as a dad, you want to not talk to your kid because you don't trust, you don't believe in their life choices, then you're the dick. But if they're 18 and they're old enough to do what they want to do and they're out of your house, let them live. But until then, you under my house, under my rules. And I'm whoop that ass. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't understand it. So, <clears throat> so I definitely hear, you know, everything that you said, everything that Steve said. I do want to push back on something that Steve said, because I kind of I, I kind of 
I understand what he's saying, but I think we need to be careful in this in this aspect. Yeah. And that's uh him Talk talking about. about taking taking the kid to the nail salon. You know, we don't know what happened. You know, the the she could have been like, Oh, let me get my nails done, you know, or you know, I forgot I had the appointment and had the kid with her or something like that. I think we're, we're kind of making it seem like the dad is just a shit bag. Because the, the son <laughs> went to the nail salon, <laughs> and we don't necessarily know that there's a that there's a correlation there. So I, I would just be careful in that aspect. No, I mean it's it's Swiss beats, right? And we know we know Swiss. If you follow him on on uh, social media, he's very engaged with his kids and shit. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, but I mean when I said that, I meant in general. I meant if that's a weekly occurrence, right? Because mm-hmm. the first time you're there. Your kid might might be concerned or or um, want to experiment or curious, right? But I, I don't think the first time there is when your kid's gonna be like, "Oh, how about me? How about Rainbow? Oh, people aren't gonna like me, right?" I think that's that's it's a recurring thing, right? And so again, as your kids get older, your kid hits nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. If you're going in there and, you know, you're getting your pedicure and your kid sees and they're like, oh, I want to get my feet done, too. I mean, there again, no problem with that. Um, and even still, I don't even think there's a problem with bringing a young kid in there. But I think it is important for you to feel comfortable having that conversation. We give our kids or nowadays people are giving their kids way too much leeway and giving too many options we didn't have those fucking options as kids. When it was time to take out the garbage, you took the fucking garbage out. When it was time to walk the dog, you walked the fucking dog. If you didn't walk the dog and you got smacked upside your head, you weren't going and saying, oh, I'm going to call the cops on you. Like that, no, wasn't, wow. that wasn't that wasn't us. Because you know what? After the cops left, you was going to get your ass whooped again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And And that's the problem with, I think, you know, we as a society, we've gotten to the point where it's so uh, we're so soft, we're so weak, we're so judgmental of how other people do things. Just because you know, parent A does one thing doesn't mean parent B has to do the same, right? And that's it does go both ways, um, you know. But understand that there are consequences to being that parent B, right? If there's a whole shitload of parent A's. It's just like fucking people that, that are anti-vaxxers, right? Um, your kid ends up sick. You know what comes with that. But you're the type of person that's not giving your kid the real, not telling them exactly what it is, not setting them up and allowing, you know, the rainbow polish and saying, oh, well, you know, it's okay. Be yourself, Johnny. And now they go to school and fucking Jimmy and Tyrone and Jerome and Michael are fucking making fun of them. Well, guess what? You fucking put your kid in that. And and to me personally, right? And this is just my personal opinion. You put your kid in that situation. You didn't help prevent it in any way, shape or form. And, you know, is it wrong? Absolutely. I mean, kids making fun of other kids. We grew up in a time where, you know, you played the dozens of shit was all over the fucking TV, mama jokes and shit like that. You know, a lot of character came out of fucking lunchroom tables telling people, yo, your mom's so dumb, blah, 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 blah. Your mom's so fat, blah, 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 blah. A lot of fights happen, shit like that, right? We didn't consider that bullying, though. You know what I'm saying? 
And I think that's where we're at now, where as soon as somebody says something that, you know, can potentially be offensive in the least bit, it's being called bullying as opposed to stand your stand up, stand your fucking ground and punch that motherfucker in the mouth. <laughs> like that's that's how we were taught. Right. I don't know about you. That's how I was taught. It was, hey, somebody says something that you don't like. You respond. And if it turns into a physical altercation, then that's what it is. You do what you have to do to protect yourself. Right. Nowadays, that's not happening. You know, kids are being told, oh, well, make sure you tell, make sure you tell. Sure. You need to make sure that someone is aware that so-and-so crossed the line. But, you know, when you make my kid will be taught when you go to that teacher and you tell them, hey, so-and-so crossed the line, make sure you tell that that teacher if it happens again, I'm not coming to you. There's going to be consequences. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> So I think we're talking about a couple different things here. Yes, and on the tangent. <laughs> <laughs> and I I agree with with what's being said. We my, know. <laughs> my only my only point is that, like when when both of you brought up the whole thing about you know parent A is doing this and parent B is doing that, right? My point, my overall point is that regardless of, of which parent is doing what that's parents a and parents b decision right to do that now as far as a society we should be teaching our kids and have them be disciplined enough to not shit on this kid you know for whatever it is is that going to happen probably not right but you know we we could at least try so, like I said, like I said in the chat, right? If Alicia Keys or whoever wants to allow their son to get his nails painted, or if so and so wants to allow their daughter to, you know, get their nails done at a certain age, EJ doesn't agree with that, right? With the daughters getting the nails done at a certain age, both of you don't agree with allowing the son to get the nails painted. My whole point is. Who fucking cares? That's their kid, right? And whatever, uh, uh, whatever trauma or or bullying or whatever it is that this child goes through as a result of the parents allowing the kids to make that decision, that's on them. They don't have shit to do with us, right? And you know, um, I'm pretty sure there are probably kids when when your daughters were were that age ej where you weren't allowing them to get the nails painted who were getting the nails painted and was like why don't you get your nails painted oh your dad is so mean or whatever the fuck you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying mm -hmm. but at the end of the day your kids knew well this is you know my dad said this so that's the bottom line because he said so you know whereas these other kids parents were a little bit more liberal with stuff like that and so my whole thing is 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 simply just you know, it depends on on what your style is as a parent and a parent shouldn't necessarily have to conform to whatever societal norms is in that aspect. That's you know, a, 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 a lot of us in the African-American community, we believe in corporal punishment and, and spanking our kids. Right. That fucking sit in the corner shit don't work. You know, I don't I don't know why people think it does, but it doesn't, you know, and. Like EJ was talking about seeing kids out there 
cursing in front of their parents, you know, mom, can, can I get these Doritos? No, not today. Fuck you, mom. You know, if that was us, you, you get knocked out in the yeah. middle of the store. You know, at least nowadays, a lot of us, you know, be, because of the way things are, we'll leave, we'll, you know, take to the bathroom, maybe go out to the car, get a little attitude adjustment, you know, and then you keep it moving, you know, but we can't say, you know, we don't look at it and say, well, the societal norms say we shouldn't spank our kids. So I'm going to allow my kid to start fucking break dancing and knocking shit off the floor in the middle of Publix because he's mad that he can't get chips ahoy, you know, and embarrassing the fuck out of himself, embarrassing the fuck out of me, you know, because society says that I shouldn't check this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's all about how you choose to parent. You know, there are going to be some societal, you know, pressures, right? You may think that it's okay to not allow your child to take a bath, you know, it, it only every t- once every 10 days or some shit like that. Okay. Society has said, yeah, that's just not cool. It's not hygienic. They can cause disease or whatever. So if some shit happens like that, the society is going to check you, right? Whether or not you decide to allow your child to get their ears pierced or, or nails painted or something like that. That's your fucking business. Yeah. And, and so I think partially what you're saying is very similar to what we're saying. Um, and I think no. our biggest point, yeah, our, our biggest point is, you know, for, for the whole Alicia Keys thing, when we look at that, you allow you're allowing that to happen. So to come on here and make it seem like, you know, she's no better making it seem like, oh, well, these kids are so bad that they would, you know, potentially make fun of my poor little son because he has rainbow fucking nail polish on. Well, guess what? You allowed him to get rainbow nail polish. And knowing that that's how kids are, right? They're not adults. They don't know better. That's how kids are. Some kids are going to, and some kids are going to understand that because, or be taught that because they have big brothers or big sisters or whatever the case may be. It may not even be the parents telling them, Hey, rainbow is for, for girls or pink is for girls or whatever. So Steve, I I honestly don't think that, 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 that was the point I I think. And, and I, I could be wrong. You know, I I have no problem admitting that. I think the point that Alicia keys may have been trying to make is that her child that's four years old lives in a society where they don't have the innocence to think like, oh, I just got my nails painted, you know, whatever. I was having some fun. The the child is is aware enough to know if I do this, it's going to be a problem for other people, which is going to then cause problems for me. And a child at that age, you know, is supposed to be super innocent and not necessarily, you know, understand you know, that type of thing. And and to give you an, an example from a personal experience, you know that my son, um, he has a learning disability. And when he was young, when he was that age, we took him to a party once and there were some kids that were making fun of him. Now, he thinks that they're playing with him. And so he's like going along with it. But these kids are making fun of him. You see what I'm saying? And so we talked to him and let him know, you know, you 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 got to kind of understand that sometimes, you know, that everybody's not your friend. You know, sometimes people, you know, are are fucking with you, basically. You know what I'm saying? And 
because of of him being that age, his innocence doesn't allow him to see that. You see what I'm saying? And in this case with Alicia Keish, I think that she's saying that my four-year-old child basically doesn't have that innocence to think that, oh, I got my nails painted. I was having fun with my mom. It's, oh, shit, I got my nails painted. People are going to make fun of me. I got to get rid of this shit. Nobody can know this happened. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, I, and I think that might have been the point that she was getting at. Yeah, I, that's what I was saying. I don't think that, you know, Steve was referencing that point, that topic, because it was what sparked the discussion, you know, that that drawn out. It it wasn't that the initial thing of um you know that's not that's not where it lied. I think the latter part for me was the because she obviously agrees with it. You know what I'm saying? The if she didn't agree with it, I'd be hard pressed to think that she would allow him to get it, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of the innocence. Um, but my thing is, is just, you know, from stemming from the conversation that we had and, you know, I get what you're saying. If it's your kid, you do what you want to do. I'm just saying in society today, you know, we as parents just allow too much to be dictated by everything else. And, you know, it, every aside from teaching your kid to be racist um, and even in that, I can't knock you. I, I think it's horrible. I think it's bad. I think you're fucking your kid up. But, you know, if that's what stance a parent takes, you know, they should have that right to take that stance for their kid. And I just think today's society, like we've been all saying, we're just too soft on these kids and we're not being parents. And it's not, you know, it doesn't have anything to do just with this situation. But I'm just saying in general, man, like it's like, yo, like sometimes you got to tell your fucking kids no. And it's like, yo, with with my daughters, literally. I am the only one in their lives, seemingly the only one in their lives that has to tell them fucking no. And and I, you know, I don't mind being a bad guy. That shit is whack sometimes because, you know, you hate having to fucking always be the bad guy. But I got to let them know what no is now and how to accept it. And there are certain things that you got to get. No, like people like to say, oh, well. You know, they're little girls and, you know, little girls shouldn't be told no anymore. And ain't about whether you're a little girl or little boy. It's not nobody saying you can't be a fucking astronaut. What I'm telling you right now is you ain't going to this fucking sleepover uh, unattended. You're not going to the mall. Like, I'm going to hate to have to tell them when they're 15, 16. Nah, y'all not going to the mall with just y'all friends. Y'all not. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not getting down like that. Um, even if y'all do, it's going to be for a couple hours. You know what I'm saying? Maybe by then, you know, the jujitsu game would be nasty. So maybe I'll be more, you know, more lenient. But it's like, yo, if you go to the mall, you see, yo, I see these groups of kids, 16, 15, 16 with these with these guys and, and these girls. And not even that it's a guy or girl thing because some of these girls are doing stuff to these guys. You know, I can see when a, when a little boy it's uncomfortable that this chick just did this. And, you know, it's just a lot of unsupervised nonsense going on. And it's because motherfuckers don't want to tell their kids no. They don't want to be the uncool parents to be like, nah, you don't need no chaperone or nah. And then, you know, God forbid, it's a fucking shootout. You know what I'm saying? Just like, uh, you know, Memorial Day weekend or Labor Day weekend, whatever it was, the fucking shooting like two doors down from my crib, the girl, I think, was like a teenager. You know, where the fuck, what, what were you doing? You know, as a parent, like, 
You know what I mean? Like, granted, you know, my I went to parties at a young age. You know, um, it was a different day of time, kinda. Um, but but today, you know, the way the kids kids is getting shot at and shot up, and I mean, we're in one of the most dangerous cities. I'm in one of the most dangerous cities in the country. I'm um, not saying that they had any difference when I was growing up, but shit is just different, man. And I'm not saying that I'm going to restrict them from doing everything or anything, but it's like at some point, motherfucker, you better be prepared to hear the word no from me. And it's like we're scared to say no. Right. Yep, 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 yep. Um. So, yeah, we could beat that. We could probably beat that one all night. Um, Whoa. Pause. <laughs> um, no homo to the tenth power. <laughs> Stupid. Not that there's anything wrong with being a homo, of course. Oh God. <laughs> joking. Doubles down. I'm joking. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man, you guys are so sensitive nowadays. Fucking society got y'all pussy. Um. <laughs> uh VP man, speaking of pussy. Um give me <laughs> uh, give us something about your president, man. Um I would like to hear uh give us a little recap or synopsis of what all took place today for uh for a novice user, put it into layman's terms and uh what should we expect next? Um, so today was day one of the, uh, open portion of the impeachment process. Uh, they had two guys testifying. Uh, one guy is George Kent, who is a, uh, undersecretary of state, uh, in the uh, state department. The other guy is, um, um, Bill Taylor, who is right now the current acting uh, U S ambassador to Ukraine. um, and they built they both basically testified uh to the facts that they knew surrounding um Trump holding up the military assistance that the Congress appropriated for Ukraine in their war against the uh, Russians. Um the hearing pretty much lasted almost all day. Uh it started at around ten and they ended a little bit before uh before four PM. Uh, they took one short break in the middle. Um, so today there was only really one big piece of news that came out of the uh, hearings today. And the reason why I say that is that um, where, where I make it seem like there's nothing really new that came out. It's just that they released the transcripts of the closed door testimony that these guys gave during their deposition. And so a lot of if you follow the news like I do, like a lot of the stuff that they said today was already known. However, one of the big revelations today is that um, Ambassador Taylor, uh, he noted that someone in his staff on his staff was having dinner with uh, Ambassador Sondland, who was the EU and the, the ambassador to the uh, United Nation, where he got a phone call from Trump asking him. Like, what was the situation with getting the Ukrainians to do what Trump wanted them to do? And I guess from the way he described it in testimony is that Trump was talking so loud he was able to hear 
both sides of the conversation. <laughs> so that was something that that was new um, that was provided today. And as soon as he announced that, they went ahead and sent a subpoena to the guy who overheard this conversation. Damn. And so he's going to be <laughs> so they're going to be uh, uh, interviewing him on Friday in a closed door uh, hearing to, uh, I guess, to get the account of what happened there. Um, tomorrow, there's going to be no hearings. There'll be another hearing on Friday and then more hearings next week. Um, so the process is, uh, is ongoing. Um, and if anybody's, you know, listening and they don't necessarily understand kind of the premise of what's happening or, or what's alleged to have happened is that the thought goes basically something like this. Uh, Biden enters the, uh, presidential race as a, as a candidate for the nomination on the democratic side to go against Trump next November. Uh, Biden is leading Trump in almost all of the public polling available. And Trump sees Biden as a potential threat. Now, he's super unpopular and Biden is not. So in order to win, he needs to dirty Biden up some. And the way that he beat Hillary, who was just as unpopular as him, was that there was these scandals surrounding her. And he continued to call her corrupt and crooked Hillary and all that stuff like that. He was saying during the campaign and a lot of that stuff worked because. You know, a lot of people think that she was crooked. And and, and so it wasn't kind of hard to make that stick with Joe Biden. Not so much. People look at Joe Biden as being Uncle Joe. He's just a nice guy. He's a public servant. You know, he's been in public office for 40 plus years. Um, his nickname when he was in the Senate was he was the poorest man in the Senate. Most people come to the Senate, become millionaires. He came to the Senate and he basically just makes his salary. He wasn't out there writing books and getting rich and all this kind of shit like that. He's just working for the people, right? And because people see him that way, Trump needs to dirty him up. So he wanted the Ukrainians to announce that they were investigating Biden for corruption. And he necessarily didn't care about the about the investigation itself. He just wanted them to say there was an investigation. Therefore, he can begin to call Biden corrupt and crooked Biden and, and all this kind of shit like that to dirty him up. So that way, when it's election time, he can say, this guy's crooked as fuck. You got to go. You got to uh, go with me again. You know, part two. And so that's basically the 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 background to what's going on. And here we are now at the impeachment phase. So why is it that uh, why is it what part of the proceedings or what benefit or or where does this even come from that now we've subpoenaed this guy? Um, you basically to 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 sum it up, you know, we've basically everything we've we've gotten today that was public, we've already heard, except for the new findings. So why is that? Was was Friday's testimony going to be already closed doors, or is it just going to be closed doors because they're introducing new evidence or a new witness? Well, it's gonna it's gonna be closed because they're talking to a new witness. So there's there's gonna be an open hearing on Friday, mm-hmm. and then after that hearing is done, they're gonna talk to this new guy mm-hmm. behind closed doors. Um, Are they then gonna um, present what they find to the public openly? Probably so. And oh. and the reason why is that you have to think back to when everything happened with Mueller, right? Mueller writes his report and it gets released. Is a 500 page report and there's probably less than 5% of the country that read it. Right. And 
when they had the hearing with Mueller to talk about his findings, the hearing didn't really tell people much. You know, he answered a bunch of yes and no questions. He didn't really go into details and things like that. And he relied on the report. And to this day, people still think that the report exonerated Trump, which it did not. It didn't it didn't say that he did it, but it said that it seemed like he wanted to do it, but they just couldn't find evidence that he did it. Right. Um, And so I think in this situation, you could end up with the same thing. Right. They interviewed these witnesses behind closed doors. Then they release the testimony that they got from these witnesses in the form of um, of a deposition transcripts that are available. You can pull them up online and read them word for word. But people aren't going to do that. Now, me, I'm a political junkie. I watch political news every day. So when I listen to the hearings today, most of what I heard, I already knew. But if you're somebody who's just now tuning in, you knew something was happening with impeachment, but you haven't been paying attention. But when you turned your TV on today, all of the major networks, uh, CBS, NBC and ABC, as well as CNN, Fox MSNBC, etc. They all canceled their daytime programming and it was nonstop impeachment hearing. So if you're somebody who's just now starting to pay attention, this information might be new information for you because you haven't been paying attention. Makes sense. Okay. So what's what's next now that they got the first round out? Um they're going to basically bring in um, uh, more folks to uh, testify. They're going to have uh, this woman. Um, I can't think of her first name. I know her last name is Hill. Um, she was somebody who worked in the uh, National Security Council. She's going to testify. Um, they have another woman who worked at the Defense Department who's going to testify. Um, they're bringing in uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, who was somebody who actually was on the call when Trump was uh, talking to the Ukrainian president, uh, he's already testified behind closed doors, but he's going to testify publicly uh, next week. So essentially, they're going to basically it seems like they're going to have the people who they consider to be their best witnesses come out, testify publicly to what they saw, what they heard, what was going on. And they're going to present this case to the public and then um decide whether or not to move forward with articles of impeachment okay anything to add to that ej anything no just um you know just curious uh not curious but you know of course like everyone else um wanting to kind of stay glued to what's going on um seems like uh you know it, it was on the day at work but i wasn't really able to catch it but um it kind of seems like today was mainly par for the course except for the new witness introduction of the new witness i'm just hoping that you know everything is above board um you know i've seen some media outlets uh saying that they have ideas of what the gop strategy is going to be to defend trump i'm really hoping that i'm really hoping that at some point these republicans kind of give in and kind of let it go um, and not go down with the party uh, in this regard. But, you know, we kind of know that there's the likelihood of them doing that is going to be pretty high. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just hoping that we can get justice and 
you know, worst case scenario, if anything else, that this at least maybe weakens him a little bit. But um, I don't know. You know, as we all said before, his strong base is going to be his strong base, no matter what logic is really thrown at him. So, you know, it's really up to us as a people to get out here and, you know, make a difference and make a change. And um, and it's funny because I was talking at work today and I didn't really get to make this point. Um, somebody was saying how, you know, how clean Obama was and how charismatic he was on and being for a large reason why he won. And I mean, I've always said on record and other people's always said it as well um, that Michelle Obama was the reason for me personally to give him a second and third and fourth look, um, but also his ability to be a community organizer. And I just hope that, you know, whoever the Democratic nominee is, they have an ability to really get the the votes um, that we need and to really organize a movement uh, strong enough to take this guy down. So. Okay. I don't know much of it. Um, I'm going to stay glued to it and um, probably just get the Cliff Notes versions <laughs> from, uh, from VP as we go on. Um, I mean, I'm just waiting and anticipating, you know, the what we all well not what we all want but what a good portion of us want and most of us right um so we'll see man it's good to see it's on the way though because uh you know remember when we first heard the word it was like oh they pulled it out of left field it'll never be used right um so yeah we'll see yeah um, one other thing I, w- I would say, not necessarily on this, but to the point that I made earlier about folks not taking the time to uh, read these reports, maybe you, you didn't have the time to, um, you know, to watch the hearings, etc. A lot of these things are available to you online. Um, so as an example, like the Mueller report, it was 500 pages. Yeah, you could have pulled it up on the Internet and read all 500 pages. However, there were a bunch of uh, podcasters who basically did readings of it where they basically read it front to back with no commentary, no opinion, no trying to slant the facts. They just simply read it to you the same way you would have, you know, the 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 Game of Thrones or Fifty Shades of Grey ebook or audiobook, I should say, read to you. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in this stuff and you don't necessarily have the time to read it yourself. You could listen to the audio version while you're, you know, cooking or washing dishes or driving in the car or whatever, you know, I mean, and I, and I get it. Like you, you might not have the time to, to do it from front to back, you know, but you know, you could plug in every now and then and get this information. And the reason why I bring that up is that, you know, this, this stuff is important, you know, like this is, this is our democracy, you know, this is our country. And, um, you know, you hear the point made a lot by politicians during this impeachment hearing and anytime, you know, something that's going on that people consider to be threatening to our democracy where they say, you know, um, after they after they did the Constitution, and everything like that, somebody walked up to Benjamin Franklin after he walked out and asked him, um, what do we have? Is it is it a monarchy or, or republic? And he says, it's a republic as long as you can keep it, you know? And so it's up to us, you know, as, as citizens of this country to, to keep it, you know, and people like Trump 
they hope that you tune out and that you're not paying attention because, you know, if you're not paying attention, then, you know, you, you get into that mode where you're like, oh, these, you know, Democrats are saying this, Republicans are saying this, same old shit, you know, and then, and then you change the channel. You know, and that's what the hope is, you know, so so pay attention. It's just important. Yeah, I was literally going to say at one point it is um, it is amazing. It's simply amazing that in 2019 and that Donald Trump, he will forever live in, in infamy. He will ever he will forever live in history as being the probably the biggest glaring example of why the the law and the checks and balances and the branches of government was established. I don't think I don't know if any other time in history were we ever pushed this far by the commander in chief to really challenge the fabric of what our political system is. And to your point, VP, you know, life is the way we know it as a political system in America in a democracy is really on the line here. And that's why I laugh at those who claim they're patriotic because Donald Trump is anti everything this establishment the good things at least this establishment were intended to be built upon okay Fuck Trump. yeah pretty much um colin kaepernick has a workout saturday um there was a headline that came out saying that jay-z played a part a small part in getting him that workout I don't. Uh, I don't think it's gonna matter. Cap wasn't good before he left, um, and people are kind of glaring past that because you know they're so invested in you know his message, and uh, so they're missing that you know he was benched <laughs> and. You know, even then, the next season when he came back and he was starting, he started a few games, but he was shit. So, um, you know, was he fast? Is he or was he fast? Absolutely. Was he able to be elusive? Was he able to extend the play? Sure. None of that fucking matters if you can't get the ball in the end zone, if you can't get the ball in the scoring area to where you can kick a field goal, if you can, you can't stop throwing fucking interceptions, whatever the case may be, right? And so, um, while I'm glad that he's getting his workout because it seems like that's what he really wants and wanted ultimately. Um, I think it's much ado about nothing. Uh, I don't, I don't know what scouts are going to be out there and I really don't see any of them uh, carrying the slight baggage that comes around with it or comes with, with it all. So um, when I initially read the story that, um, Cap was going to be doing a workout and, you know, put on by the NFL. I thought that it was a, a good sign for him. Once you get past the headline and you start reading into the story, you find out that the NFL has arranged this workout to be on Saturday. Now, most people might say, well, what's the big deal with that? The big deal with that is that these these types of workouts for players are typically done on Tuesdays. Because a lot of times these teams don't have anything happening on Tuesdays as far as like practice and things. They, they might be, you know, watching film, you know, the coaches, but, you know, they're not usually dealing with players. So they have time to go out and visit somebody and watch them, um, you know, watch them uh, have a pro day or, or whatever the case. 
Um, usually on Saturdays, teams are doing walkthroughs. They're they're preparing for the game that's going to be on Sunday. Um, scouts are you are usually at college games, either watching them on TV or there physically to evaluate the uh, the the next group of players that they intend to draft. So this thing from the beginning seemed like it was bullshit. The NFL ratings have started to come back and they're probably not all the way back with black folks. They've done the move with Jay-Z and they say, man, like we got to get, we got to get off this Kaepernick shit. Let's have them a fucking workout, you know, and we'll have some teams, you know, come look at them. They're still not going to sign them, but we can say we did our part. The next thing, the last thing I'll say on this is that, the NFL, according to Kaepernick's people, says that, or not just according to Kaepernick's people, but also according to uh, Adam Schefter, the NFL told him that they were going to provide a list of teams that were going to come see him on Saturday. They've gone away from that. They're not going to do that anymore. Um, a couple of hours before we started recording this podcast, Adam Schefter reported that several executives with teams have reached out as a courtesy to Colin Kaepernick's representatives saying they couldn't attend Saturday's workout and were confused by the proposed by the proposed of the NFL scheduling this workout. So again, this doesn't seem like teams reached out to the NFL and said, Hey, we're thinking about signing this guy. Could you arrange a, a workout with him so we can come see? It seems like the NFL called them up and say, Hey, workout Saturday team's coming done. And they also, when they called him, they gave him two hours to decide if he wanted to do it or not. So to me, this whole thing reeks of a publicity stunt that was bullshit from the beginning. Uh, I agree with both of you. Um, Steve, I agree with you. You know, and I don't know if Kaepernick was, I know they were talking about he's banged up and he was hurt at some point. So I don't know if that was largely, you know, the reason for his bad play before he, you know, um, was benched, and let's not forget he refused to sign the extension. Cool. Um, I think Jay Z, if he is involved in this, to VP's point, uh, it's scummy marketing. Um, and I think his fans should look at it that way, um, and not as not as if if he's a savior of some kind, because everyone, even executives that they have had anonymous uh, words from has said this it sounds scummy from the NFL from the beginning for all of the points that VP just laid out. Um, it seems like they just threw him a dirty ass bone. So I would hope that Jay-Z isn't involved. I don't think that he was involved. I don't think that this was the initial plan in the beginning at all. I think this was something that was just recently cooked up. Had it probably been on the table in the very beginning, Kaepernick's girlfriend probably would have never said anything about the whole situation. Um, and I'm not surprised by Goodell or if Jay-Z is behind it. I'm not surprised because, you know, these people are smart and they want to they want to throw people a bone. I will say this, though, and, uh, and I will go different uh, ways from the both of you while still agreeing with you. I really could give two shits what Kaepernick does regarding the NFL until he speaks. Um, continue to do your philanthropic work. Continue to do great work outside of the NFL. Great. Um, I expect him to do that. You know, it's a part of his fraternity uh, mission. It's what was instilled in him. 
um, through that and, and through his morals. But as far as Kaepernick in the NFL goes, I don't want to hear shit about him until he actually speaks. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing about him. And he has not said a goddamn thing to the people that have supported him, the people that have questioned him, the people that have doubted him. He has not said a thing yet. And I frankly don't give a shit about what happens and with him in the NFL until he fully speaks and tells us what happened. Um, maybe now he can't in this instance. Um, but, you know, at some point, I want you to come out and say, I want to be in the NFL. I feel this way. I feel that way. And until that happens, I can give a shit. You know what, though? I, I agree with you um, somewhat, EJ. But I think the problem is, is that I feel like Kaepernick is somewhat living in a fantasy world if he thinks that or if he believes that he's going to play in the NFL again. It's not going to happen. He's not. And even if he is signed by a team, he's going to be signed to be a backup. And the only way he plays is if mm-hmm. the starter gets hurt. But yeah. I don't even think, I don't even think that that's going to happen. I think that that's like way outside the realm of possibility. Like we're, we're talking about like maybe not as high as winning the lottery, but it's fucking up. Here, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think, and, and the reason why I say that is that I, I believe that he believes he's going to play again which is why he's holding, he's keeping his powder dry and he's not saying much because he doesn't want to ruin his chances. And even when this thing happened with the NFL, Kaepernick came out on Twitter and was like, Oh, my reps were told, you know, they want me to work out. You know, da, 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 da. he seems like excited about it. And I don't think that he's seen this for what it is, which is a publicity stunt by the NFL. And the last thing I'd say on this before I throw it back to Steve is that I thought that Eric Reed had, the quote of the day when he talked about this and when they asked Eric Reed about it, he basically used an old uh, Malcolm X quote where he, where Malcolm X said, um, if you put a knife in my back, nine inches and you pull it out six, I still have a knife in my back. You know, you still stab me in the back. And that's essentially what happened to Kaepernick. They basically stabbed him in the back and now they've pulled it out a little bit. And he's supposed to feel good about that now. Right. It's uh, It seems like it's all a money grab um, on both sides of it. The NFL looking for, oh, uh, you know, can how can they get their subscribers back? Or how can they get subscribers to engage differently? Whereas, you know, on a midday, mid-weekend day, they can just go on and televise, you know, the workout or whatever the case is, you know, that's an addition. Um, now you have topics for all your shows to gear around after that. Oh, he looked great or, oh, he looked like shit. Um, one way or another, you're going to have those conversations. So it's a money grab. It's a ratings grab. And, you know, from, from his side of it, it's probably just as much, you know. Um, at what point do you say to yourself, you know, I'm I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> you know, you can continue to do to uh, work on your message, deliver your message. Um, you know, but to to allow it to get to to this point where he can also be seen as you know selling his soul slightly, right? I mean, he was completely out of it until you know they offered him a check, and now he takes a check, and now he's gonna 
try and work out for him. You know, I, I don't know, man. It just it can be fishy and it can be seen the wrong way by people. Um, do I see it that way? No, but I can see how somebody could come up and, you know, make some type of, um, you know, motive or slander out of it. I mean, and I understand what you're saying, Steve. Excuse me. Sorry. But, um, I would hope that the money is not a factor for Kaepernick. And the reason why I say that is, excuse me again, um, before all of the quote unquote controversy surrounding him, Mm -hmm. He signed a a hundred, one hundred plus million dollar contract that had like 60 or 70 million dollars in guarantees. So even though he's not in the NFL anymore, he got paid that 60 or 70 million dollars. So so he shouldn't be hard up for cash. Again, I know that some of these people go from uh, from uh, rags to riches back to rags, you know, so I'm, I'm not that naive, but I would hope that being removed from the NFL for three years he's not hard up for cash given that you know he may have made you know 70 80 million dollars in his short playing career um um i forgot the second point i was gonna make i'm sorry yeah but i mean we like we always like i always say like yeah that's that's great but you know (laughs) rich people only thing rich people see about money is making more money you know and i mean why he was why he did make it yeah, make that much money, you know, he's still smart. He's still a businessman. He still did some deals with Nike and he still sees this controversy, this controversy and it's uh financial worth to his, his, his brand. You know, um, I don't think that, you know, playing wise, he's going to get um, a lot of bread, you know, just due to the nature of him. He's going to be relegated to being a backup if he was ever to get that chance even if he was ever even to, to really even be good again. But I know somewhere, somehow he will be able to market himself um, and, and make some money. So, I mean, I, I agree with you, not for the same premise, but I think more so because it shouldn't be an issue because you're going to be a backup if anything. But I mean, he'll, he'll definitely, I think money is definitely at the, at the center here because, you know, he, he, he hasn't stopped getting money, you know, um, which he shouldn't. You know, this is his job. This is what, you know, his talents afforded him to do. And, you know, he should get every dime and dollar from it. But I think, again, man, this is, you know, going far off from everything. This shit was never about football in the first place. Um, Fickle-ass black people that never really watched football made it all about football. Um, Fickle-ass sports fans who criticize. And I, I won't say all fans that are criticizing the NFL are fickle because there are some long-term diehard NFL fans that are criticizing the NFL, but yet you still subscribe to the NBA. Um, It's all bullshit. It's been all bullshit in that regard from the very beginning. Um, And again, once again, at the end of the day, when's the last time that anybody really talk about police brutality? I didn't hear Kaepernick. I didn't hear anyone. um, And, and, and let's, let's, let me not be too ignorant to say maybe they did speak about it. But, you know, because we've made this so much about the league, when Botham Gene was killed, we, we, you know, that wasn't put to the forefront by these people. You know, this should be the real movement. You know, the whole thing that we were here in the first place was because of police brutality. And that's the last thing that we're talking about. And it just makes you really wonder what the fuck are we really talking about?
Yeah. And and uh, the, the point I was going to make earlier that I said I forgot is that I think that the problem that the NFL has is that the NFL, it's kind of been using the same playbook over and over. And it kind of it kind of reminds me of um, like the gun lobby, for example. Right. There's a mass shooting and people on the on the Second Amendment side as well as elected officials, politicians, they put out their thoughts and prayers. Thing leads the story, leads the news for a few days, maybe a week, and then everybody moves on. And then it's like, who gives a fuck? We go back to doing the same shit. And in the NFL, the same thing was happening where, you know, you have players who are, you know, beating up their wives or, yes. you know, con- concussions, et cetera. Yep. And they basically did their version of thoughts and prayers. Yep. But now, in the world that we live in today, you have people, you know, women's rights organizations and and black folks who are starting to understand their power and especially their economic power. And so you have this Kaepernick situation, which is why I brought the thing up earlier about saying that um, it's been reported that the NFL ratings are starting to go back up. But I believe that the ratings are maybe not where they were with black folks enter this Kaepernick bullshit. Right. And um, and so I think that this is that basically, like I I said a moment ago with the whole, you know, thoughts and prayers line, let's throw crap and nickel bone and then we're going to get the PR bump. Like Steve said earlier, they're going to talk about it on Sports Talk and ESPN, et cetera. And then it looks like we tried, even if he didn't get signed, we tried and then that's going to bring them back. But, you know, hopefully, you know, the people who aren't watching for real reasons and not like just doing some bullshit like EJ talked about. Hopefully they're smart enough to see through this bullshit and continue doing whatever it is that they're doing because what they did to this guy at the end of the day is, is foul. It's super fucked up. Yeah. And, and I agree. And I think from what I've seen on my timeline, people are seeing through it, but I think that, I think the underlying issue here that I get back to and you made up great points because you don't hear shit about domestic violence. The only thing I think the NFL has really stayed consistent on as a yearly and consistent thing that they really care about is breast cancer, seemingly. Um, and even that isn't as highlighted as it once used to be, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is we're the problem. You know, us people that are so socially conscious and so riled up about this shit, we're putting too much stake in an entertainment NFL league. Granted, I know how powerful it is. Granted, I know how much money it makes. But we we have people that are literally boycotting the NFL behind the wrongdoing of Kaepernick, which is foul completely. Fitzpatrick's still in the league. We got some issues. Um, but you've now made this the needle mark for social justice matters that re- that really actually fucking matter. And people are getting mad at the NFL and Jay-Z and, you know, me included in certain instances, in certain ways. We're really looking to this organization, this billion dollar organization, where there's like the NCAA, the NFL, the NBA, MLB, all of these type of organizations that really don't give a fuck about anything but entertaining people and making money. We've allowed them now to become the social barometer and the social needle to say, well, hey. I have an issue with this. We 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 should boycott. We should do this. We should do that. The NFL really has no responsibility 
for any of this shit. It's really the people, you know, and then getting back to the real core issue, which was police brutality. Nobody's doing dick about it. Why? Because we're boycotting the NFL because some strange reason, some odd reason, because the NFL makes so much fucking money. We believe the NFL should really care. 75 percent of their players are black. 75 percent of their players are 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 are, are uh, able to be victim to police brutality. Great. It's a place of employment. It's a it's a it's a place of 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 entertainment. If anything that we really want to see happen, NFL players maybe should use their influence to maybe push their fans, maybe push their followers to care more about this issue. But I think where we as a people have lost it, we have now put too much social faith and social backing towards institutions that were never designed, never built to really care about our issues. And we've totally lost the point. And I agree with what you just said, EJ, 100 percent. But what I would say is part of the reason that there is that trust in institutions and not, you know, just talking sports, talking institutions in general, is that we as a society has have somewhat been um, have somewhat been conditioned to Mm -hmm. believe that these institutions can solve these type of problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure if you know who uh, Anand Giridharis is. Um, but he writes a lot about um, socioeconomic issues and he talks about how, you know, uh, rich folks and corporations tell the government that you should cut our taxes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they get their tax cuts. And then because of those tax cuts, the government can't do things for the society because they don't have enough money. And then these people say, man, why isn't the government doing X? Let me step in and do it. But whatever it is they're stepping in to do, they're usually getting further tax benefits from doing this thing, Mm -hmm. which furthers the problem, you know. And so I said that to basically say that, you know, we as a people have been conditioned to saying that we as a society shouldn't solve our problems. Our government who is our government who is here to you know protect us and to you know make sure certain things function certain ways don't solve our problems well, what's so the, the fundamental these corporations difference. have to step in the fundamental difference is though and you're right and i agree but the fundamental difference is right and we've said this as united states citizens the government in that institution should solve these problems when we mm-hmm. now as a people and and not disagreeing with you because of this does go along with your saying in the trust of institutions. But I think, again, we as a black people have to be stupid to think that the NFL and the United States government as two social institutions or shit, you, the NFL, I wouldn't even say it's a social institution other than the fact that it provides entertainment to millions of people. The United States government should provide salvage and and and, and safe and 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 passage and and all these great things to a people. The the moment that we have now conditioned ourselves so far to your point that the NFL should be looked at in the same light as the government and move the social needy needle in favor of a people, it really was never designed to give a fuck about and just happens to employ seventy five percent of that people not by let's let's remember not by choice, not by choice. Had it had it been up to the old good old boys of the NFL, there would not be any black quarterbacks. 
There will not be any black centers. There would not be any black linebackers. Hell, there wouldn't be too many black players. So I think, to your point, we are so socially conditioned, and this is what I'm saying. We're socially socially conditioned to just talking shit online, watching the other guy do it. Words connect, words connect, words connect. I'm boycotting, I'm boycotting. That we literally are looking at the NFL. We're giving the NFL way too much fucking credit. The NFL mm-hmm. should not be looked at as this institution that's here to do anything right and just for the people. We're giving the NFL way too much credit. And for those who watch the NFL and not the NBA, you're totally missing that point because they're the same fucking thing. If you watch college football, if you watch NBA, if you watch MLB and you don't watch NFL, you're literally you're literally just buying into all of the other institutions that literally don't give a fuck just as much as the NFL doesn't. And again, you're putting way too much faith into the NFL. And you're right. We're way too socially conditioned to believing in institutions. So much so that we will look at a non-government body and really expect it to give a fuck and really make a difference. Sad. Yeah. Guys done. <laughs> yeah. About uh, 40 minutes there of uh, NFL versus uh, Larry Flint or whatever the fuck. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I can't even comment. I don't even know. There was too much said in there. Um, <laughs> You brought something else up, EJ, um, about Maya Moore, some crazy shit. She stopped playing basketball to do something. She's um, Maya Moore. I just wanted to say shout out to Maya Moore. Um, She and I didn't know this, but she took a year off from the WNBA virtually to uh, fight for the innocence of a a guy who was arrested for um a burglary that went wrong um years ago in Missouri um where she's from and you know she took a stance she's taking a stance to kind of get this guy out of jail um and you know that's that was just really all I had on it. I didn't really have t- too much on it, um, other than shout out to her because she's you know choosing to take that stance. Um, a brother in Jefferson City uh, who's been locked up, Jonathan Irons. He's uh, serving 50 years since 1998. Um, jury found him guilty of burglary and assault with a deadly weapon. He was 16 then. Um, a lot of the evidence and things in that case were of course shaky and and um lot you know it was an all white jury that 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 put him in and you know Maya Moore has, has stepped away from basketball and she said you know some of it too is just you know personal reasons she just kind of needs a recharge where she's focusing a lot of her energy towards um getting justice for this guy and her family um when he first was locked up some of her family members back home in in Jefferson City um got close to him and have been helping him with his case. So she's kind of trying to lead the charge in that. 
So I just wanted to say shout out to her. I don't really have too much on that. All right. Um, I don't know. I'm fucking dead tired over here. So, uh, <laughs> I went to sleep, fell asleep last night at 11:30 and got up at 3:30 today. So, um, sheesh. I'm running on fumes right now. Um. I don't know if there's anything super, super uh, important for us to uh, to get to uh, this evening. We were kind of short on topics, so we, we filled it pretty pretty nicely with the uh, the topics that we did cover. Uh, I think we did a good job there. Um, was there anything that you guys thought or think is? Uh, is an absolute that needs to be talked about this evening. Um, nothing that I will say is an absolute, but I would just like to point out that this week, Andy Dalton gave an interview and he was asked, uh, have the coaches explained to him why he was benched in favor of this other kid that's playing who absolutely fucking sucks. Trash. And, um, Dalton says, Dalton says that the coaches told him that they have to think about the future, which to me sounds like they're fucking tanking because they have a worse player playing the most important position on the field and is literally not talked about. But the Dolphins are shitted on day after day, headline after headline for tanking. Ready? These guys are literally doing it. And they're and they're literally saying they're doing it. You're gonna lose this argument. So um, they're not saying they're doing it. First of all, that's think your think about the future means. That's your interpretation of it. Thinking about the future can be interpreted multiple ways, and your interpretation is probably the worst interpretation of it. Um, it can be hey, it doesn't sound like they're figuring out what's for dinner tonight. When you say thinking about the future, when you're talking about a quarterback or you're talking about a team, it could be one, hey, we're thinking about keeping you healthy and making sure you're not hurt. That's one. Two, we're thinking about seeing what we need to do, whether or not we need to pick someone up in the draft next year, whether we need to trade for somebody. So we need to get some eyes on this rookie. Um, Three, it could mean, um, you know, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we just want to see what this guy has, what this kid has. Um, the difference between what the Bengals are doing and what you guys are doing or have done is you guys just shipped everybody off for draft picks. There's a complete difference in that. The Bengals haven't traded anybody and they had the ability to probably trade one of the marquee wide receivers, you know, in the league for the last five to seven years, although he is constant, constantly hurt. Um, he's always a top receiver when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. On the field, AJ Green is uh, a guy who will get you eight to ten catches a game. He goes across the middle. He goes deep. Pause. Um, he catches touchdowns. <laughs> um, the guy blocks out for for you know running backs. Shit, he made Andy Dalton look pretty decent for a while to the point where you're saying Andy Dalton is better than a rookie. But that team didn't look like shit with Andy Dalton at the helm. So why not take take a, a moment to to see the other uh, the other guy that you have sitting back there to identify? I mean, that's the mistake they made with AJ McCarron. Is they had AJ McCarron sitting there for all those years, and they didn't even give him a fucking shot 
until, you know, the playoffs. I want to say it was the playoffs or, you know, right before the playoffs when they had nothing going on and he played a couple snaps and he looked great. And where the fuck is A.J. McCarron now? They should have fucking switched to that guy two two years ago. He was by far a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Um, but, you know, he was tatted up and, you know, um, smashing a model or some shit or a porn star or some shit like that. And, uh, you know, that's just frowned upon for the shield. So, you know, he got he got put in the dirt. Um, Edie, did you hear about the Astros, though? I know, you know, before you get on in on that, just popped into my head. Cheat gate. Cheating bastards. Cheating sons of bitches. Cheating. Golly. Cheat gate. I tell you. The worst part about it is not so much that it happened. The worst part about it is that when the Yankees, um, the Yankees came out and said in 2017, which is the year that uh, is in question, that they feel that the Astros were doing something funky. Everybody was calling them crazy, like, "Oh, you guys are just, you know, unhappy that you, you know, that you're not winning or whatever the case." I mean, they were, they were a playoff team, but you know, that's kind of kind of the gist of what people were saying and well now the truth came out sounds like your beloved patriots but uh to double down on your on your assessment between the uh Bengals and the dolphins um really quickly it's now week 11 that they're deciding to do this and vp the dolphins came into the season doing that <laughs> week two <laughs> Week two niggas was like, uh, yeah, we have our number one uh, offensive lineman pick. Uh, you guys ready to? to yeah, we, can, trade, we traded him two weeks before the season. We, we, we'll trade Minka Fitz, Fitzpatrick, who is a phenomenal player who is dominating in Pittsburgh. Ah, you go ahead and have him. The Bengals are saying we're now 0 10. What the fuck else can we do? And you're really going to say that they're tanking now? Like, come on. <laughs> okay. Let me let me let me let me make a couple. No, points. no, nobody One, cares. The dolphins are tanking. The trade ass. those trades were forced upon us. Okay. Oh, cut his mouth. I've I've I've, I've, took, <laughs> I've said it before. Our GM, Chris Greer, he says that the Houston GM called him and asked him, was was Laramie Tunsil available? He told him no. Houston GM called back, said I'm willing to offer this. He said no. He called back a second time. He said I'm willing to offer this. He said no. He called back the final time with the offer that we end up making. And the Dolphins were like, we got it. They're offering us two first rounds and a second round. That's usually what you would see for like a quarterback. We had to take that. And then with the Minka Fitzpatrick thing, he asked to be traded. The owner tried to talk him out of being traded. The GM and the head coach, he said no. On top of that, Minka Fitzpatrick's mom was talking shit about the the way the Dolphins were using him, and a lot of people believe so, that y'all didn't do shit me, when uh, uh, what's the name Minko Grimes is doing that shit. That was that was just ready to make that point. A lot of people feel like uh, Minka was talking shit about the team through his mom's. The same way that Brent Grimes was talking shit about the team through his wife. And so they were like, we got a disgruntled player who don't want to be here. Let's go ahead and trade him and get some value. And we did that. 
Again, y'all did that before week five. <laughs> the Bengals mm-hmm. now are 0 and 10. What more can they fucking do? That's not a tank. Their season went down shit when AJ Green fucked his ankle up. And I told Steve allegedly. Right. And I told Steve he was allegedly. not coming back. I told him he was not coming back. And let's go for the record. AJ Green is the most overrated receiver in the last 10 years. And let's also go for the record that AJ Green is not hurt. AJ Green is definitely hurt, number one. Number two, always hurt. Number two, EJ just hates AJ Green because he always drafted him and he never did shit for him. Um, <laughs> he always gets hurt. He's been hurt literally he, every year he's been in the league. Literally. Wrong. He's not played a full I think you're wrong. He never played a hard uh, a full season yet. So, but here's the thing. Um I, I think you're right, Vari. Right now, AJ Green's not hurt. I think AJ Green was hurt. Um, but now because Cincinnati didn't number one trade him, number two, um, they're not fucking with his contract. Um, why am I gonna go out there on an O and ten team if I'm a premier wide receiver on a recently injured uh lower extremity and and try to go out there and, and play? What what is what's the point with a, again with a with a rookie quarterback like you said, um, no running game, no defense, no chance at the playoffs, no chance at a winning season on a year where I should be getting paid. And if I I didn't get paid, then next year he is definitely going to get paid, whether it be franchise tagged or not. I f- I find it fascinating that we make this kind of argument in these kind of situations, but you never hear people saying, man. Larry Fitzgerald need to shut it down. They have no defense. They have no running game. They have no chance of making the playoffs. They got a shitty quarterback. But the guy goes out there and keeps balling out. But in AJ Green case, in AJ Green's case, we're saying, yeah, it's acceptable that he's shutting it down because of all of those the said reasons, you know? Well, I'm no Larry Fitzgerald also got paid. So basically what AJ Green is doing is he's holding out, but he's holding out with I suffered a setback and when I'm ready I'll get out there and play and who knows maybe he did actually suffer a setback we're assuming and you know this is just our opinion and I'm on the same side of the of the coin with you as I do think that he's he's not you know injured at this point in the season uh to where he couldn't return but he's holding out right and for I if I remember correctly we had this conversation when Zeke was holding out, and somebody uh, VP. over there, that way, one of those <laughs> ways, <laughs> fucking cameras, all types of backwards, uh, was uh, was all about the player's ability and rights to go out oh, and no. play and, and hold out and do what whatever, right? And so, Correct. If, you know... Larry Fitzgerald is a fucking, he's a player. He goes out there, he lays it online, but he also gets paid for it. And he's never been he, injured. He's he's never he, really had serious injury. This guy in the injuries. AJ <laughs> Green is AJ Green is 31 years old, man. And, and not only that, but the field that they play on and they practice on is shit. They play on they they uh practice on a, a beat up turf field, uh, artificial turf field, which he said before he got hurt, he hated playing on that, and then he ends up getting fucking hurt. 
and then he comes back and he's like, "Yeah, I hate I hate playing on that thing because it's terrible, and uh, I fear that I could potentially get hurt in practice. But I'm going to go ahead and give it a go." And then, boom, setback. Mm, he here's, 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 here's set the here's a difference, though. Here's a difference, though. Wait, wait, out of out of nine seasons, AJ Green has only played four full. Mm. That's a big difference from zero. <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> a, yeah, it's being a little excessive. <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a bit. But thing about it too, right? Look at the numbers. He's only, he's also only had though numbers wise. I mean, he's got a lot of yards, but he's only only had he's only had three seasons with double digit touchdowns out of nine. Double digit touchdowns. Look at his quarterback though. His quarterback is shit. His team is shit. But when you're looking at yardage, he's. I mean. Getting it done. Receptions and yards, he gets it done. When he's on the field, he gets it done. Shit. If you want to put never it had a, he's never had an hundred he's never had a hundred yard reception season. Okay. You mean hundred receptions? Hundred receptions. Reception. I mean, I'm sorry. He's never had a hundred uh reception season. He's come close, but he hasn't. He's come close twice, but he hasn't broken a hundred. Which I mean, you know, could be attributed to his quarterback. And I mean it does speak to his yardage does speak to his big playability because he had 65 receptions and over a thousand yards his rookie debut season, but he's never broke a hundred receptions in his career yet. Stop so, hanging. So here's the, here's the problem. Oh, when you, here's the problem when you compare AJ Green to the situation I talked about with Zeke, and I am for players getting money. Zeke entered this. Zeke went into the off season saying, "I need a new contract." And I am unwilling to enter the season without having having the security of a new contract. AJ Green said, yeah, I'd like to get a new contract, but I'm going to still show up and play. And now he's making a decision to, yeah, I don't think I can play anymore because I need a new contract. Allegedly. I think, I think allegedly, you're right. But I think, I think, I think that though, I think that's kind of two, uh, two separate things. The yeah, second point, true. the second point that I would make is that, I would also argue that a player like AJ Green has probably missed his window to get paid because he is a 31-year-old receiver. He's been in the league for nine seasons and has only played four complete seasons, as EJ just alluded to. He's injury-prone as fuck. So why the fuck am I going to give him this huge contract? Most receivers play in the league, what, you know, 12 years, 13 years? So right now he is on the back nine of his career, so he's not about to secure the bag anyway. The well, he, he gave him he gave him nine years, so you would expect if there's going to be a, a any type of long term or anything more than a two or three year contract, that it would be the team that he's given nine years to and over a thousand yards on mo- mo- multiple occasions. Um, I don't think so because they're thinking about the future. Remember. Right. And if that's the case, then then he's I guarantee you he's going to get a contract. He might end up with your beloved Dolphins because you guys have nobody to throw throw the ball to ever in life. Have you ever had a good fucking wide receiver? I don't I can't even going back to Marino. Like, I don't remember you guys having a wide receiver that stands out. We have Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. They were made by uh, Marino. Hey, you know. I've said it in the past, and, and I think that we all agree with this. Great quarterbacks make average receivers great. 
I'm not saying those guys are great, like Hall of Fame or anything like that, but you know, a great receiver can make an okay receiver. I mean, a, a, a great quarterback can make an okay receiver look damn fucking good. The same way, the same, and I'll say the reverse of that, the same way a great receiver can make a mediocre quarterback look good, i.e. T.O. and Jeff Garcia. Well, uh, Odell looked phenomenal with Eli, who's not a great quarterback, and now he's with uh, Manziel 2.0, and uh, Odell looks like shit. I mean, everything has its limits. (laughs) Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick, by the way, has more touchdowns than Odell on the season. <laughs> That's true. Unbelievable. Larry Fitzgerald, though, uh, you want to talk about – you want to bring Larry Fitzgerald in the argument. That was just blasphemous. This guy and the numbers that he has and had maybe, what, one quarterback to throw to to, to, to throw to him, one quarterback throughout his whole career? I wasn't shitting on Fitzgerald. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you brought him into the into the mix. This shit, he's apples oranges with this guy. No, I was just making the point that like Steve was basically saying, like making it seem like, oh, it's acceptable to if AJ Green is not hurt, if he's not hurt. Steve is making the point that it's acceptable for him to shut it down because they don't have no defense, they don't have no quarterback. He's trying to get a contract. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but to compare Larry Fitzgerald. Who is the Iron Man of wide receivers? Is blasphemy. No, but I'm saying that Larry Fitzgerald has been in all of those situations that Steve is saying AJ Green is in. He's never said, "Yeah, I think I'm going to call it a season." Yeah, but he's never been hurt either. He's never and been if hurt. It was, if it was week Man, five, it was week five, and AJ Green was kind of pulling this shit. Then that's a different story. But at week ten, where they clearly were saying he wasn't ready up until week ten, and then he said, "I'm hurt." I'm not coming back in week 10 when we're 0 and 10. Like, it's I'm not, not week 11. It. We got five more games. Or week 11. Some shit. Nah. Well, if he, if he, if he isn't hurt, which I believe, then he has been pulling his shit since week five because he was supposed to return in week four. Mm, now you're drawing straws. Yeah. You're reaching Re- there. Reach. Oh, it's the Dolphins are tanking. There's nothing you can say to Dolphins make it make another team. Football game was played. The Dolphins were tanking before football was even played. <laughs> for three years. I've never, <laughs> I've never said that we weren't tanking. I think I've you never, guys, I've, you guys started tanking when <laughs> when you signed Adam Gase for <laughs> the beginning <laughs> of the tank. <laughs> like remember, I've said multiple times that we're not playing for twenty for twenty nineteen. The problem with the Dolphins is that the the people in the executive suite, the owner, the GM, those folks, they're tanking. The coaches <laughs> and players didn't get the memo. <laughs> Clearly, right, motherfuckers. Clearly, because, yeah. because we hired, we hired a guy who has only known winning his whole career, <laughs> and now he and now he got these guys like doing Wait. something. Y'all motherfuckers about to go undefeated the back. Part of the season, y'all about to be picked twelve and shit. Like, damn guys, we wanted to a fuck. Like, I saw the the Miami Herald had a thing up, and it was talking about the Dolphins' defensive numbers before and after um the bye week. And before the bye week, we were like last or close to last in every category. And since the bye week, we're like 
top 10 in certain things, top 15 here, you know, like the players are starting to gel. And I mean, I'm not saying we're going to have this awesome as back half of the season, but the team, they look better each, each week, you know, and it, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be picking top five because <laughs> you're picking top five. Um, but let's not forget that you guys also traded Kenyon Drake. Yeah, that was that was smart to trade him. So lots of lots of tankage going on there. Um, no, it was it was it was smart to trade Kenyon Drake because Kenyon Drake is in a contract year. He probably didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. So why play him this year and let him walk away when you can trade him and get value for him? You guys are SeaWorld tanking, fucking Orca tanking. <laughs> yeah, this guy weird. finds this guy finds a way to fucking. Defend every Dolphins tank, but <laughs> he has to make a he has to make a conspiracy around the fucking Bengals. The Owen the Owen ten Bengals, the Owen ten Bengals. You, you niggas is you niggas are worse because y'all actually can y'all actually shown you can fucking beat NFL teams. The Bengals can't even win. What the fuck? Well, that's not gonna be a problem because like they all play each other at the end of the season. I know so, the battle of the tank bowl continues. Yeah, starting with this Bengals, weekend with the Jets and the Redskins. The Bengals got to play the Jets and the Dolphins. The Redskins still got to play the Jets. The Giants play the Dolphins and Redskins. Dolphins still play the Jets, Giants, and Bengals. And then the Jets got to play the Redskins, Bengals, and Dolphins. So all of those teams in the race to the bottom all mm-hmm. have to play each other in these next five or six weeks. So you know Cincinnati's not locked in for that number one pick. You they, know? Are. <laughs> they are. They mm. are. They're the worst team on everybody's remaining schedule. The Jets are, see, are, are them, likely to win I out. I can see them beating the Giants. I can see the the, the Bengals Mm-mm. beating the Giants. Mm-mm. No. The Jets are likely to win out. No bullshit. Not even talking shit. We're likely to win out because we're probably going to trade off one with y'all. We're going to beat the Redskins. We're going to beat the Bengals. Like, the Bengals are going to wind up winless this entire season. You motherfuckers are probably going to win your next four out of five. The reason why I say I can see the Bengals beating the Giants is that Daniel Jones, so far, he looks like shit to me. They, that they, he looks like Trubisky. It was a reach. Um, um, where where the Giants' season is so far, you can see them saying, "Yo, let's fucking shut Saquon all the way down," because you know we got to. This year's not happening, so let's go ahead and just leave him fresh for next year. And with that kind of shit, you can see the Bengals winning that game. But even they if they still that. lose to the Bengals, the Bengals still not going to get no other wins. <laughs> the, Giants the, Giants, the Giants are not going to do that because they let Saquon come back early from that ankle, ankle injury. Dude was supposed to be out for like six to eight weeks <laughs> and pull the Adrian Peterson. Yeah, but I mean, that was that was because it looked like the season was worth salvaging. At this point, the Giants are not playing for anything but pride. So why would you let your premier franchise running back? But the Bengals are. Let him start last week. Yeah. This past week, he got got destroyed this past week. He had 13 rushing yards. Yeah, but my point is that this coaching staff. One rushing yard on 13 attempts. Oh, shit. The the, the coaching staff is being stupid (laughs) by allowing him to play. Saquon, or not Saquon, the Giants' season is over. So you might as well shut Saquon down. 
But the Bengals are going to be number one. I don't even know where you – like, you, you again, your, your logic is shit because you motherfuckers can't even succeed at tanking. That's what you really <laughs> should be mad about. You We're are, failing at failing. You're failing at failing on purpose. <laughs> Fucking terrible. <laughs> you had it in the bag. <laughs> Y'all literally but, had it in the bag. Let me let me ask you this, EJ. Like, take off your Jets hat for a second. I usually do. Based on what you're seeing from the Dolphins, mm. do you think that Flores was a good hire? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I said that week one, even when y'all got blown out, they played with heart. They played with heart all season long. The Dolphins and the Redskins, to me, have played they've played tougher than their record displays. They've played with pride. I think the Redskins are worse off than y'all just because their roster is shredded, but y'all actually got some sneaky talent, especially on defense. So, you know, I mean, the biggest thing is going to be, what are y'all going to do with these picks next year? And then your quarterback situation, Fitzpatrick, I don't know how he fucking did it this year, but that, that, that luck is running out. So, you know, you got to figure out what your quarterback situation is going to be. And I don't think the answer is Tua at all. Um, I think y'all need to go gamble on somebody that's been in the league and trying to revamp their career. They're going to get fools. Somebody like Foles. Yep. Somebody like a Foles. Shit. Try your luck back with Tanny. Shit, go for Andy Dalton because if he's out, Andy Dalton's probably out of uh Cincinnati too. You know, Dalton. Andy Dalton is better than any quarterback you motherfuckers had. Like, you gotta think about it, yo. Andy Dalton has never, outside of AJ Green, that's literally all they've had. And the offense wasn't always the problem. It's Cincinnati. They just never had anything fucking else. The best thing they had on defense was Burfitt, who was always getting suspended. You know what I mean? They had no real other weapons other than AJ Green, who was always hurt. You know, Andy Dalton really didn't have a fair shake, in my opinion. I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I I just kind of feel like, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, like if you've done everything that we've done so far in blowing up the team. You might as well start over and get you a quarterback that can grow with the organization, you know, instead of picking up somebody else's leftovers, you know. But, and yeah, but how many times do franchises? How many times? And here's the other thing: I think we are ignoring. Like I said it before, these quarterbacks aren't developing as fast as these teams want. And you're basically saying, okay, we're gonna go and draft another number one guy when well, you just drafted a number one guy. You don't have faith in. And traded for one. And Rosen. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> you better off going for a guy that has some some mileage on him because a lot of these quarterbacks are turning out to be better in their later years. They are. Run the football. Rely on your defense. Let Flores do his fucking thing. Go get you a Foles or, or bring Tannehill back. You know, mm-hmm. he's, balling, he's balling in Tennessee right now. Hey, it's it's it's, it's uh it's fool's goal. Hey, y'all <laughs> went to Patrick, so shit. Tannehill is fool's goal. Yeah. All right. 
Well, as much as I'd love to sit here and continue talking to you gentlemen um, about the Dolphins, uh, it's now the 14th of uh, <laughs> of November. And, uh, huh? You brought this shit up. <laughs> no, Fari brought this shit up. I said, is there anything else? And he's like, whoa. That's how you brought it up. I just want to talk about <laughs> exactly. I want to talk about tanking. You, 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 that's how you brought it. You don't run the show, so you should have been like, "All right, guys, let's close it out." <laughs> oh, we, we were we were getting there. It was the courtesy of giving you an opportunity. <laughs> I should have just said, "Hey, you guys just spoke forty minutes about." <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck y'all talked about for forty minutes. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> and uh, now you know. Now we're closing out. Bye, guys. Um, so. <laughs> Uh no, nah, but um yeah, so uh Vari, if you could uh do the honors of uh handling our outro here so that we can uh get moving and perhaps maybe we'll get uh on live this Sunday if uh I'm not the only one awake and available. All right, folks, as always, internet. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking handle internet this past weekend talking shit. Bitch, you've been right. missing in action for the last month over there fucking in puppy love and shit. This nigga like, oh, uh, it just started raining and uh, my my shit is flooding. I look at the fucking weather app and the shit say sunshine. That's one girl out of my, my basement because my basement I get ragged on. This nigga talking about anybody's up with him and he didn't have fucking internet. How you got no internet and you work for the internet people? How? He was all that brunch. How, Craig? He was all that brunch How? lying to us. Nah, no, <laughs> no, baby. Babe, they want me to record, but <laughs> pancakes, pancakes over. <laughs> you're full of shit. You're full of shit. You're fucking, you're fucking full of shit. I got an idea. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him it was raining. They'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> Make sure you're on this Sunday, motherfucker. And then he ain't even bother to tell nobody till fucking late. Like, yo, what happened? Oh, my internet. <laughs> this guy. It's going to take him two hours to finish. Ain't even tell nobody. <laughs> fucking. I initiate Sunday every fucking week. There's Not no reason weekend, for me to... Not this weekend. So I you decide at 1130. Uh, are we going to we gonna talk about some football? It's 1130, it's I know. Last, you literally, the last time we even had one, you literally started at 1130. 11. Just don't fuck it, yeah. The worst. <laughs> the worst. Take us out. Um, me, P. Do the job. Let me mute uh, this scumbag's mic. <laughs> all right, all right, folks. We appreciate you rocking with us, listening to us. Uh, as always, you can find us on any of our social media uh, platforms at Castworthy. Uh, everywhere at Castworthy, except Instagram, where we're at Castworthy underscore podcast uh you can find the podcast anywhere you can get a podcast spreaker uh spotify apple youtube google plus 
if they got a podcast there, we're more than likely on that platform. So check us out wherever you uh, get your get your podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, follow, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, like we said earlier, man, the, the, the stuff that's happening in the country is important. So pay attention. You know, uh, don't don't uh, don't turn a blind eye to it. And again, we're going to try this Sunday to get a live Facebook stream where we do our uh, football picks and go a little bit more in depth on uh, NFL news and predictions. And until then, we will see you on the next one. We appreciate you rocking with us. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.